Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Stretch Marks with me, Caroline Foran, and me, Sinead Moore. We're back. So just for context, we mm. are recording these sometimes in batches because we are oh so stretched. We have to get things done really efficiently. But at the time of recording this episode, we have gone out into the world with our first episode of the podcast. Minutes ago. Out there minutes ago as a time of recording. You're very emotional. People on dark thought you were not okay. <laughs> I'm a mess. I'm an emotional mess. And I t- I'm not I'm and I'm not necessarily a softy softy person. No. You know, I can No. No. <laughs> you know, like I obviously I have an emotional range, but I'm really good at kind of suppressing stuff too. Um I was just reading through the DMs and an eruption of tears. Mm. I think everybody and I like obviously COVID sniffles. Everyone around me, I think, was probably like, she's diseased. Yeah. Get away from me. Get away from me. But I Oh my goodness. And I think that's just because it has meant so much to us that this I know works. There's a lot of fear in putting something out there oh. and a lot of, you know, especially because this is something where we're both at times being really vulnerable and talking about things that a lot of the time people don't really talk about or mm. maybe don't want to talk about out loud. And that's why this, I think, is special and why we're getting such a good reaction uh, so far. Long may it continue. Um, Long may it continue. I'm excited today because we're getting stuck into some juicy, yep. couple of good ones juicy today. topics. Um, before we get on to that, and we've loads of um, audience participation, our, our peer-reviewed market research yes. on Instagram polls. How are you doing this week and, and what's your stretch been? My stretch this week has been, I think, kind of a good stretch. Like What? I know. <laughs> no, that's good. Stay with me, Caroline. Stay with me. Um, tinged with guilt. But it, the good stretch being, I'm, the girls are like getting on so well. It's weird. They've, they've just reached this kind of point where they can kind of interact and have a moment together and play together and I, I even you know the two of them went into the cot the other day Aww. and they were just like sitting chatting playing in the cot and look it was four and a half minutes of peace or something but it, I just glorious four and a half minutes half, but it was that little feeling of like okay I can make a cup of tea mm-hmm. I can it was like another level of we're going to come out of this Yeah, there's going to be a little bit more coming back my way soon and sometimes you forget that because some mornings you rang me yesterday morning and I was in a flap trying to get loads of stuff organised. You heard you screaming on the floor. Like mm-hmm. some days you don't have that. Yeah. But there was a few moments this week where I felt a bit like the grand stretch in the evening. That's back. <laughs> Perfect timing. Perfect timing. There felt like, okay, I, I feel like I can just breathe. You can see yourself at the end of the tunnel coming. A little bit. Yeah. Now they also had their first fight. Right. They killed, well no, Jew actually killed Penny. Like proper went for. Her and I'd say I'd say Jew was is <laughs> she's capable. tough. Yeah, she's tough. She's only one and a half. She took on a four year old. She was like, well, she does me. run around looking like Bruce Willis in. Uh... This is true. This is <laughs> With true. her little singlets. <laughs> they were in the. They were playing in the car. She wanted to be in the driver's seat. Penny got into the driver's seat and she launched herself at her. And there was no way that Penny was allowed in the driver's I seat. I wonder. Do I have no idea? But would 
small girls close in age fight just as much and just as physically as small boys close in age? What I found interesting was it was a classic cat fight. <laughs> Class. It was pure girl cat fight 4am down a dodgy alley after too much drink. Not that I've participated in one ever, but you know what I mean. Sounds something like you're very familiar with there. Uh, well, your description. A, a different what life. Alley was a different it? life, maybe. No. But you know what I mean? Like the 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 what you might see on television of two girls yeah. fighting. Yeah. Now, thankfully, Penny didn't retaliate at all. Amazing. But you went for her instinctively, <laughs> like pulling at the hair, slapping <laughs> her face. It was like, oh my God. <sighs> Has she been watching the Oscars? So yeah, it was kind of a stretch of like, they're changing and life is going to get more violent and a little more easy. <laughs> but it was a positive overall. <laughs> positive overall. I'm going to take the win. I'm going to take the win. They played in the cot for four minutes. That's, that's the win. <laughs> that's where we're at, that that is the win. Um, what about you? What's going on? Yeah, for me, I think maybe we're we're both in a quite a positive headspace uh, this week. Maybe it's all the love coming for the podcast, but I... I'm feeling a very positive, warm, fuzzy feeling stretch of my heart. Uh, it's it's kind of a double edge or two sides of the same coin, mm. really, where you feel so grateful for the moments that you have with your little one. Those blissful, simple moments where they're like, asleep. Well, that too. But his, Kaylin's language is just, mm. it's coming He up. has amazing language. Yeah, I don't know what, I mean, I, I don't have any other kids to compare it to, but he he's a parrot. Like, he's repeating everything mm. I'm saying and he's saying a lot of sentences as well. And he's, it's just starting to sound like proper English. Like, he was like, night night polar bear Aww. the other night. And I have this complete volcano of love and emotion and also this fear of wanting to just freeze time and mm. being like oh my god Carolyn you know you have to appreciate every second of this and that's really a tall order for people all the time when you're tired and you've got you know normal life going on I guess it's a good reminder to bring yourself back to the moment as often as you can but I often find that the moments of bliss get quickly followed by a feeling of you know I, I for me I find it really hard to like envision him being like a teenager mm. and like being like oh get away from me ma mm. and, me, and me being like you just, Come like, here to me, cutie. Like every, all day long, he's like, Mama hug, Mama hug. Now he is manipulating me because he's saying Mama hug, so I pick him up, but he wants just to be moved somewhere else. And he's realised that I won't say no to Mama hug. Mm. But he does. And then I'm like, hug me. And I'm trying to hug him and he's pushing me away, being like, let me down to play. Uh, so he's very cute, like very smart. Um, but yeah, just the, oh, just, just the, like the love really is. His language really is incredible. All consuming. And it's, he's a little person now and he's yeah. talking back to me and I'm like, oh, you're my little friend. You're my, like, I used to, you know, you spend all your day with them and it's like you with the baby. Now it's me and another little person mm. having chats and talking about daffodils and counting buses and it's all, it's all the stuff. Will we get him on the pod? I think he'd be good, to be honest. <laughs> um, he'd probably wreck the place, but uh, he is turning into quite a destructive boy. I showed you my bruises yesterday. I did, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he, he's like full on little hurricane going through the house but it it is more often than not really fun and really good right now long may it last we are here to talk about the stretch of adding more kids to that it's really good right now situation I know oh my god I don't even know where to start I feel like I have so much so many thoughts and I have long I've been consumed by these thoughts since we first met when the moment he was out you probably were starting to think about it again because like I remember I went to the doctor mm. for my two week checkup and she said to me, let's talk about contraception now because you'll probably want to have another baby. You'll definitely want to have one by the time you're six months. The hormones will kick in. Trust me, you will want to go again. And I was like, obviously at the Sorry, time. Sorry, what? Yeah, I was deep in my postnatal anxiety. Had she spoken to you at this point? Like I know. No, for no, a minute? No. Um, and I just felt like, oh, oh shit, you better want to go again by six months or else there's something wrong with you. Okay. And that's the kind of headspace I was already in because I was like, you're not having the love bubble. You're not feeling amazing. You know, mm. I was already in a very heightened state of postnatal anxiety. And I think that could have been the source of it. Um, and I tried and tried to just say, look, just just be, be as you are for now. Lots of my friends said, don't even think about it. Don't even mm. have the conversation until he's two or whatever. Mm. Because I already felt, I guess, like there was something not right with me or that, that I guess then already it, I think you were taking on every you should or you shouldn't yeah. and applying it to how you were feeling right then and it was just layering on that feeling of I'm a failure at this because yeah. I don't feel that and I was looking for a lot of reassurance I mean I literally scan when I'm in the park being like where is there people with just one kid who are just like me 
I, I wanted so much to hear from people who was like, it's okay if you stop at one. It's okay. Because at that at that moment in time, I couldn't imagine the stretch of, I mean, I felt so at capacity. I felt so um, fragile emotionally. I could not imagine a world where I'd feel like myself again and then I'd add to mm. that again. Mm. But all around me and as, as my my polls and questions on Instagram show, people with just one are in the minority. And what I think is really interesting is that we've learned not to ask people if they don't have kids, what story are you going to have a baby? We've learned that that's not okay. People have no problem when you have one being like, when are you going to have another one? Obviously, you know, we both know that secondary infertility is such a huge issue. Huge issue. I haven't gotten there yet. For me now, it's just the psychological uh, the expectation, expectation that you should and, have more yeah, or and, want more. And, and several people said to me in person, oh, you couldn't just have one that wouldn't be fair. Mm. Or, you know, a lot of those kind of um, responses that made me feel so guilty and have stayed with me. And I can't tell you how many conversations Barry and I have had walking through the park being like, almost trying to convince ourselves that we'll get there, we will get there. And it's like, we're now at the point where like I just said there at the beginning, I feel so at ease. I feel like mm. I, I haven't lost myself. I've come back to myself or I've found my new self. I feel like I've got beats in the day that are that are mine. I know what I'm doing. Bit more balance back in the work and parenting side. And I feel like this is such human nature when, when you calm the chaos, mm. you go looking to add more to it again. And actually, I'm perfectly happy right now as I am. I really am. But I'm thinking, well, everyone else has more than one. So you're going to have to get your head around that. Um, yeah, I'm... But everyone else has a lot of different things that I will know. happen in your life. And that's what suits them. But also, he's still very young. And I, I think you've been, as you said, you've been thinking about this since that two-week checkup. So I, I get it. That's, in your mind, a long space of time. Yeah. However, to me, it's like you could be considering this when he's four, five, six, like take that pressure off that you need to be making this decision right now. I feel like from having gone out on Instagram and asked people for their their thoughts on going again, whatever, I am definitely of the minority who is at the stage where their baby's almost two and they're not thinking, I want to go again. I, mm. am, I am of a minority and I guess some people are so comfortable with that. They're like so happy as a tripod and I right now am. But it always goes back to me for like, how should I be? How should I be feeling? What, why am I craving another one right now? But what is that validation I about? I don't know. What, I think what would make you feel think, like you're good at this? I think if I have a part of my drive to have another baby goes back to one of our earliest conversations where you said how healing it is the second time. Mm. And that maybe it would validate me to be like, okay, it was just the first time that mm. was so scary and you, you're okay and there's nothing wrong with you and you know how to do this. And I want to have the good experience of the mm. newborn. But... I don't want to prove something to myself just I don't want to do it just to prove something to myself or the rest of the world which is being honest part of the if I lean towards it at the moment that is part of the drive which isn't a Who are you proving it to? The world I don't know What does the world matter? I don't know Who are the world putting your baby to bed? Who are the world sitting there reading books and helping him to grow up and become the person he is? Every time I see someone who had one kid like me, then now now is the time where people are like, now I'm pregnant with the second one. And I'm like, amazing, congratulations. I immediately flip it back on myself and be like, oh, do you think that that you have always done that outside of the context of parenthood? Like if somebody is doing a work thing, do you always think I should be doing the work thing? If somebody is doing going, I don't know, like I'm traveling, I'm, I'm traveling example, to India. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. should do that. Yeah. If I see people. OK, so work stuff, not not so much. Um, But if I had seen being like, oh, I'm going off to do a J1 because my anxiety helped me back from doing all of that. Like I mm. really was not capable of it. And when I'd see that, I'd be like, it would just be this smack back in the face of. You're not able for that. Like you're. So for me, maybe it's, I don't think my, right now, having been through what I went through with the, with the first, I don't know if my mental health, I don't know if I could actually stretch that far. I don't know if I, if I would just snap altogether. And maybe I just have, like I, to me, like you are so incredibly strong. Like the fact that, you know, Juju's still waking up at night and you're, you're still powering through and everything. I think I'd probably be sectioned by now. Like I feel like such a sensitive person. Mm. Um, There's a high risk by the end of this week. I will be, by the <laughs> way. That's, that's not off the table. It's I, I the guess table. something, I, and also because of my experience with anxiety, 
maybe the reason I think about these things more is I'm so incredibly self-aware and maybe a lot of people just, you know, I before I had Kaylin, I was like, oh yeah, I'd like to have two, maybe three. And now because I had that experience of feeling um, so overwhelmed, I'm like, oh, you got to be really careful with yourself. And Barry's always reminded me of that. He's like, it's not that there's, you know, something wrong with you, but you're just, you probably think about things a lot more and how mm. it's going to impact your mental health because you've been you're through. You're preempting. You've you're, been through a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like if anybody has had a physical illness, like let's just say you've had a physical illness that has caused you severe knee, hip mm -hmm. pain or something. And somebody says, hey, do you want to go and do this really dangerous sport down the side of a mountain? <laughs> You're probably going to be like, mm, not for me. Yeah. It might set me back. I might be back in physio. I might need more surgery on my injury. It might mean decades of yeah. re rehabilitation. Maybe that's not for me. And nobody's going to stand by and judge them. People are going to be like, that is a smart decision. Because you actually have an injury there. But the thing is, people do say it to you. People do say you can't have just one. Like, and it's a, maybe it's an older generation. It has been sort of older people. And mm. some men have said it to me as well. Oh, because they know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's really like hurtful. You know, as if, so the fear that you're going to, you're selfish. And um, that if. But is the most selfless thing not to protect yes. the happiness within the walls of your home? I think so. To give the child that is already here the best version of you is the best thing that you can do for that child. But we have grown up and we have been absorbing a culture that is like at all costs the mother puts the family first. But that is also putting the family first. It is now because we we have the awareness now but you know the whole thing of like well, you come last. Like it's been it, it doesn't matter how it affects me you have to have siblings they need to have friends they need to like me being like, hang on, how how does this impact me is a relatively new conversation. Mm. No, that because is think true. about, you know, grandparents having like so many kids, popping them out, like they probably spent eight years of their lives pregnant and at the kitchen counter cooking meals. Like there was no question of how do you feel about all of this? So I think we are in it's a also different... no pill. We are, yeah. form of <laughs> contraception. Like there was, there, we have evolved. Thankfully, we can now have choices. And because mm -hmm. we're now having choices... I feel like we're finding justification for those choices. Yeah. Instead of saying, actually, how I am right now and how I can show up and be the strongest version of me to raise my child in a happy, balanced, safe, secure home is to stay exactly as we are and enjoy this moment. Yeah. And if that changes, have the conversation. So I was very I, mean, I think myself and Barry were trying to convince ourselves that we were one and done for quite a long time now I don't trust that we won't have another one I really don't because I get those hormonal little flushes of like mm. holding Juju or holding another mm. baby and I'm like mm. <laughs> and it's like so not logical it's purely like instinctual yeah. feeling of like I just want to hold another newborn and I have to be like okay I'm not saying I won't ever mm. but I am trying to let myself just like you say, be in this moment now. Things are really good. I'm really content and happy. But also then you have to, like I'm lucky that I, I'm I'm only at the time of recording, I'm, I'm 33, I'll be 34 next month. A lot of the reasons why people said they were one and done was because of age and mm. being older or having difficulties. I don't know if there'll be difficulties yet. But for now, I think I am going to try after this conversation and put it on the shelf for to a while. Get no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home for the ride. Can I talk you through some of my, my fears yes, around it? So go for it. First of all, there's the, the physical stretch again. So uh, I, I'm I'm really frightened to be that ill and have a toddler to look after. It wasn't fun for you. It wasn't fun. I had a really grim pregnancy. Mm. Um, it was it was healthy pregnancy. Like I didn't have any high risk situations, but I felt like shit. Uh, I'm scared of my pelvic girdle pain kicking off again, which mm -hmm. by all accounts, it absolutely would. Um, and how debilitating that would be with a toddler. I'm scared of... Having had a good birth with Kaylin, uh, I'm scared to be then back in the situation where you're back all there with all the variables of all the things that could go wrong. Um, I'm pretty good at not letting my mind run away with me on that stuff, but that is there. I mean, a thought, of, a fear of like, what if the next kid, what if there was some really big challenge in their development or something and you were like, whoa, I did not know this was going to happen. I'm scared of all the things that could go wrong, I suppose, if I think about it. Um, then I'm scared of going back into the, like, I'm traumatised from the early sleep stages. I... Someone said in a message to me yesterday, they take sleep deprivation way too personally. I feel like mm. that person as well. Like, I just don't know how you do it. Like, it's, uh, I felt like it shattered me. Um, I would be scared. Just, yeah, I guess, and this is what you can speak to is like adding one when there's already another one there. Mm. I feel like I would nail it if I could go back and do it again. Mm. 
with Kaylin, mm. but there'd obviously be another one there that needs your, you know, they're up at probably 5am, they want to go off to their activities. You don't just get to sit there and watch Real Housewives of Desperate, Real of Real Housewives, <laughs> Real Housewives of Desperate Housewives. On ice. Yeah, on ice. <laughs> um, and then I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of losing myself entirely. I'm afraid of what would happen to my relationship because... You know, for we we I remember we had a walk one day. Sorry, I'm completely taking over this podcast. I'm going to hand it over to you now. Any no, minute. keep going. But these are going. my fears. We went for a walk and we said, look, we need to just realize that at least for the first year, it's not about us, and that doesn't have to mean that there's something wrong with our relationship. Mm. Um, it's not about us. It's we got to you know put our all into this, and we're not going to be arsed about date nights, whatever. I know this is another conversation that we'll have. I'm, but I am afraid of having another baby pushing us further apart from each other, and that when we, if like, what's left for the two of you then, or do you lose sight of why you're in this together in the first place? I'm scared of how much logistic pressure more kids would put on, you know, just our family, and I don't want to. I guess I don't want to find out if there's any vulnerability in the relationship. Um. I, I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm afraid of being so stretched that I feel like I'm just getting through the day and that's it really. It's a lot of fears. Yeah, it's a lot of fears and it's, and then I'm like, well, just be as you are for now. One of the, a lot of the messages yesterday was, um, it's going to be so hard for him when you guys die for him to be alone. Jesus Christ. Or, um, how how would he bury you on his own? I was like, well, that's awful. I know, I know. But also... Just because someone might be an only child doesn't mean they have nobody else in yeah, their life in the or no friends. You know, it was like, God, you're not like, I'm not locking him in a cage for the rest of his life. I think we need to break it down. Yeah. Okay. You've been carrying this for a long time. Yeah, literally since he came out. Say it all out loud. <laughs> so all of those fears are experienced by everyone who's going to have another baby. Whether okay. it is their second, their third, their fourth, their fifth. All of those fears. You don't go into this and just feel, this would be fine. This would be grand. Okay. If you're bringing another human into your life, all of those medical concerns are there. All of the how will this pregnancy fears and concerns are there. How am I going to do this concerns are there. They all exist. And something within the person trumps those fears. Mm -hmm. And if you don't feel that feeling that's trumping those fears. I'm not trumping yet then just relax. Yeah. And it may or may not ever come for you. And if it doesn't, then don't do it and be so content with the decision you've made to protect yourself and that little family that you have and that you love. Mm -hmm. Why do we have to pile on things? Because the world will think that you should be able to handle it. Why? Why can't we just make decisions that are like, well, actually, this is my capacity. This is where I feel safe. That's it, exactly. And this is how I want to live my life. Yeah. So also, the second point, don't be making this decision now. I feel like there's this urgency on you that you feel like you're supposed to come to this conclusion where you're absolutely ready to take on, like, you know, a truckload of kids. I guess comparing myself to others has always been a real downfall I suppose of of mine and I just I guess it's it feels like it's maybe reaching a crescendo at the moment because now there's people friends of mine who maybe had a baby after I had Caitlin and I've already had their second or people who I follow and engage with a lot who are on number two and it's like well everyone's there already but it's not a race I know it's not a race and no one has Caitlin no one is you no one has your family it's your family yeah it's your womb it's your career it's your sleep, it's your headspace, it's your health, it's yours. The world isn't going to swoop in and help you raise this other child or more children or the whole thing. Okay, you'll yeah, you'll have a, f- a few select that, you know, pick up the pieces when you need it. But ultimately, it will be down to you and your husband. And that's the only voice that matters in this. Mm-hmm. It's your decision. I know. And definitely don't make a human because the world thinks you should. I know. I won't. That is like the worst reason to do it. I won't. Don't even think about it. Don't even talk about it. Like put a date in the diary of like, we are not even going to let it enter our minds until this point in time. Because you're just sending yourself around in circles. Yeah. And you'll never arrive at the point when you're in, when you're locked in this sort of pressure cauldron of... I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to. Maybe just wait for the day that you feel like you want to. Yeah. And if that never arrives, great. 
you didn't add something to your world that you can't handle. Mm-hmm. Another fear is, I guess, if, if you don't kind of go for it now and then it doesn't happen, will you regret it later in life? That, that can be true of everything. Yeah, so true. That can be true of everything. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So you have two. I have two. Are you done? I don't know. Ooh, this changes all the time every time I we know. talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Last I, week you're like, done. I, uh, so... Not unlike you, but probably to a lower mm-hmm. intensity. I wasn't ready straight away at all, mm-hmm. at all. I, you know, my husband and I made a deal. We're like, we're not even going to like talk about it until she turns two. Like we are going to just enjoy this part, this, you know, the three of us. We're going to love every single month and milestone without tipping us over just really love it because you only get those first couple of years you know with that little person before they change and they don't need you as much anymore and I just I loved it and also on the returning to work thing so I returned to work when she was kind of eight months I really wanted to give myself a year just to restabilize and figure out this whole other new forever phase okay you're pregnant for nine months birth is a day postpartum is a few months but the working motherhood was going to be until I'm you know independently rich and wealthy and 85 85 so I needed I need I I felt like I couldn't have done that to myself trying to restabilize only to be pulling myself back out again I needed to be like I need a year just to get this straight in my head so that would have taken us up to when she was 20 months and then Oh, like so selfishly, stuff like it was like 20 months. Yeah, but we have a holiday when she's 22 months. So why are you saying selfishly though? Because I was like, I'd really like to enjoy the holiday and not be pregnant. But that's not selfish. But I know, but in, so. That's you enjoying your family unit the same way you're telling yeah, me to. Yeah, true. So I was like, no, let's think about it after the holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was kind of like, look, when she turns two, when she turns two, that'd be perfect. When she turns two, we'll have a baby. Now, sorry, as in get pregnant. I got pregnant super easy on Penny. And I just, for the last few years, then was like, well, that's what my body will do. Yeah, you just assume. So when she turns two, and then we will have a child that's two and nine months and a newborn. And that's the age gap that they will forever grow up being. Mm -hmm. That's just the assumption. So she turned two, and then it was like, oh, that didn't happen. Oh, that, oh, oh, this, where's the, where's, okay, so we're readjusting the, the age profile that they're going to be. Silly stuff, because it was like, now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. Where is this new baby? Mm-hmm. And it was it was something that I definitely had to learn because I think it gave me massive empathy for anybody who is also experiencing that because the, the deep intensity of the fear of, oh God, this isn't going to work out the way that I had anticipated and expected. And that prompted me to love, 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 love whatever baby was going to come my way if it was ever going to come my way. Mm-hmm. So what you were saying there about all those fears and me saying you need a feeling that trumps all of those when you got there it trumped it yeah so I was like no matter the fears I want I want 
another baby. Mm-hmm. The fear is minimized. They were just like, we're over here. We're just, no, we'll wait for you. We're good. <laughs> we're good. We'll wait for you. Because as soon as I was pregnant and as soon as I had, you know, the early dating scan and each, you know, anxious kind of milestone thereafter, all of them pop back up again. Yeah. All of them come back and are like, well, have you thought about the labour? <laughs> Have you thought about how you're not going to get any sleep anymore? Have you thought about how you're going to adjust to this, 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 this? So they all come back up. But there was an overwhelming emotional feeling inside of me that was suppressing those to the point of shut the hell up. Mm -hmm. We are having another one. Okay. And I think that if you don't have that, give yourself grace and just wait and allow it to manifest in whatever way it's going to or not. Do you think things would have been different like I I always kind of ask myself I I assume that like if I didn't have such strong postnatal anxiety if I didn't feel as vulnerable as I as I did and feel and find it as hard as I did I probably would have been like this is grand like let's go again I probably you know if if, if it was far more positive than it was I probably would have been like let's do it and then I still may have found that you know I was stretched which we all are anyway if we get there but do you think having such a positive experience Absolutely, because but that, but again, that's true of everything. Yeah, yeah. Like if you go to a hotel and it's phenomenal and it's amazing and it caters for all of your needs, you go again. <laughs> if you go to another one and you're robbed and get food poisoning <laughs> and there's rats running across your bed, <laughs> you're not going <laughs> I'm not comparing him to that, but I'm saying your know, experiences form your decisions. That's true. Yeah, your experiences form your decisions. They so really do. I. Definitely have I have a I have a constant I, <laughs> I have a constant He's level a a of of kind of anxiety that I forever do, but I've never had like debilitating levels. And definitely in motherhood, I have found a probably a, a, a calm like they the hormonal stuff that was going on for me. I think actually mellowed me. Yeah, um, it made me a lot more compassionate and softer. Now, we know like where I get is when the stretch of something else being a priority and Mm -hmm. trying to balance all of that stuff. Okay, that's that's where I break down. But the feeling of having another newborn was guaranteed and absolute. So she comes along the most adorable, dimpled little. She's just. It was and I was very lucky. I was very lucky. And I will. And I think I've said this at the beginning of in our first episode. So fortunate. Amazing pregnancies. Barely know what's happening. Birth fine. Not pleasant. No, they're never pleasant. Like, But nothing to ever give me a fear or a trauma or a concern. People didn't flood into the room. You know, it was it was as well a birth as you could want. Uh Um, And postnatally, she was just this little munch. Now, she still she still doesn't sleep. Um, But she's. There's nothing that has given me cause for alarm and fear. And we just found our way. I was absolutely exhausted. Like the pandemic was roaring. She, We were in lockdown for the first six months of her life. It wasn't easy. It's never easy. So but the you, love was there. Did you find it going harder, harder going from zero to one or one to two? I, and we've spoken about this. I was already a mother when I had Juliet. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't transitioning. I had already transformed. I had done that transformation when I had my Your first daughter. Your matrescence was yeah. complete. So I was already a mother and now I was a mother of two. Uh-huh. Who I was was established. And um, it was uh, where I found it really hard was the guilt I had because I just didn't have enough time for Penny. I, yeah. It was so I had so much guilt around how am I going to care for her needs through this? How am I still going to have enough time, you know, to sit and read her books? But there's a crying newborn and I have to hold her and I have to put her down for to sleep. And and if I'm honest, I think that was part of my decision to wait until Penny was that little bit older. I knew myself again that we really wanted to enjoy to the maximum amount that you possibly can, mm-hmm. this second little person coming into our life and therefore wanting to do it at a time where I felt like my the spread, the stretch could be managed, that I would have someone who is a little bit self-sufficient and I would have someone who 
completely And wild. the fact that she can understand why you need to feed Juju or, you know, Juju needs you and Penny, yeah. you know, it's, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a big motivation for a lot of people waiting a little while. And then it was like, okay, well, that's, that's brilliant. We have our little family now. We're done. And every single few weeks there is a pang of, oh, I have so much more love I could give. But also the reality of childcare costs, mm-hmm. my age, my husband's age, our house, the size, uh, our future availability to kind of give the life that we want to the two that we already have. And again, guilt of missing Juliet, like having to not have as much time with her because now new baby comes along. Affordability, it sounds crass, but it is a really big issue because, you know, the cost of even just keeping them clothed and fed, you know, if you're going to have several, you have to consider that. You have to consider your earning potential or the cost of childcare versus, you know, people say, well, it's actually just worth me not working. And then you're letting go of that part of yourself. There is so much to consider. But as you say, if that pang and that feeling of want and love trumps it all, mm. you just figure it out. And that's what I'm waiting for. I don't think I'm at that trumped level. Yeah. We're saying Trump a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if there is one form of contraception, think of him. Um, <laughs> but I don't feel like I have hit that surge. OK, so the, the fears and the concerns still outweigh the desire. Yeah. They are still winning the battle currently. And if that changes, that changes. However, I am going to be 38 on my next birthday. But you've got the skin of a 21-year-old. Listen. And no Botox. And no Botox. No Botox. I have had some Botox. <laughs> well, I'll be following your lead. It is um, great. The, the time is against me. And and don't get me wrong. I know and thank you know from every mum the podcast and from friends and from women that I am very inspired by. Like I know I have time. I know I have a number of years. I have seen the success stories. I it is I'll keep going as long as I can and I obviously I'm not going to be like 65 and making an announcement <laughs> on Insta. Um but it is still, you know, you're like, well, it could take a couple of years, so therefore should we get our heads around it now uh-huh. or if we want it to happen, why sh- why why wait and why take wait? the risk yeah. in the 2 years? Yeah. Let's just, you know, lock it in now. But like where you're at, I feel like it would push something that I feel like right now is really good into a bit of a danger zone. We're both at our own relative level of like equilibrium Mm. and well, today. And we need to just, I guess, respect that for a while. Mm. And then also hormones. Yeah. So I think the more the older I'm getting and the closer to perimenopause, which like kicks in late 30s, early 40s. I definitely feel every month my body's like, make a baby. Make the baby. (laughs) Make the baby, make the baby, make the baby. And then a few days later, it's like, oh, thank God we didn't do that. Okay. So I did some polls and I did some questions. There's there's a lot. Um, I asked, if you have one child, do you hope to have another? 85% yes. 15% no, one and done. So 15% are wood and done. Yeah. Mm. Another poll. How soon after baby number one do you want number two or did you have number two? Mm. 45% before first born, born turns two, 55% after. Mm. But I feel like that's, you know, I think it's like not. What the, what, what the GP said to you at the two week mark was like, oh, in the next few months, you're definitely yeah. going to want to go again. Like that, I, I don't know anybody who's even considering sex in the first few months, never mind another human inside them. I feel like there was just a couple of things said to me along the way that obviously lodged in my brain somewhere at my most vulnerable points, such as being told they're easier out than in. Yeah. That, and no. you're going to want one again in a few weeks, basically. And I'm like, oh, right. So I'm falling short I have of those this marks. One. Yeah. <laughs> um, good, thanks. Did the pandemic change your outlook on the number of kids you would like to have a shift of priorities, mm. for example? 61% no. So I had conversations a few months ago. So having had Juliet in the pandemic, a lot of the conversations that I was having with people and actually probably people that follow me are on their second. And a lot of them felt like the pandemic stole the pregnancy and the maternity leave and that whole, you know, that that experience from them and that it was going to have been their last baby. And the pandemic stole all the things that they cherished about this time and this experience. And they kind of were like, 
I hear. I want another go at this. I know. <laughs> um, so I asked if you, if you, if it did change your priorities, mm. what changed? Um, so a, a whole mixed bag here. Um, I love working and don't want to give it up again. Someone who I know is uh, currently pregnant on their second money job became less important. We live away from Ireland and I felt bad my daughter was on her own. It made me rethink. Three was a surprise. Family now feels complete. In so many ways, the pandemic just highlighted what was important to us as a newly married couple. Made me realise more to make the most of what you've got for me to stop wanting more. Needed a new crew around the table. Mm. Made me decide to get pregnant much earlier on number two. I wanted four, but my mental health would only take three. So Mm. three it is. Uh, I realised with the pandemic, family is the most fulfilling part of life. But it was hard that another message, harder to juggle career and kids with the Mm. pandemic. Um, everything was stripped away from you. Yeah, and I guess uh, w- one thing that is coming up again and again for people is because of the pandemic and not being able to have play dates, people with one kid were made aware of the loneliness for, oh, the, yeah. for that child. Yeah, Penny was one for the whole of the, you know, from the March 2020 until Juliet was born in the October. And it did. It was a lot. It was a lot for parents to have to be that sole person. The intensity of parenting during the pandemic was full on capital letters. Mm. And the pandemic showed us we wanted a bigger family around us. I had baby number two in October 2020, back to work November 2021, gave notice February 2022, need better job to make sacrifice. Mm. It made life harder. The work, I think we can't underestimate the pressure that the career I don't know how has on women. worked pregnant with a toddler hanging out of you. We had no choice. You just, that's the thing. You just. But again, like I would have been sectioned. Made life again, harder. There were moments where I think I was. <laughs> there was one particular Zoom where I literally broke down. But yeah, you know. made it a lot harder with kids having to stay home with such like minor snuffles and stuff like that. Mm, um, mm, I wanted less. Homeschooling is a bitch. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Thank God I didn't have to do that. No longer want to feel work controls priorities like when yeah. to start a family, etc. I'm more anxious about something being wrong with the baby after vaccines, etc. And mm. um, parenting in a pandemic has been so difficult. It makes me question if I'm good enough. Mm family and health or everything. Defo was strain on our relationship which we will get into in another episode. Okay, I want to go back to some of my other questions that were responses. So they were the polls. I asked, do you think there's an expectation to have more than one in society? Asking for a friend. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Not so much anymore. Yes. Yes, and the theory stereotype about only children being odd which is obviously dodgy. Yes, but I think for me it mostly comes from myself having grown up with siblings. Yes, 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 yes. Oh God, yes. Constantly asked when I'm going again. 100% pregnant with first now and my GP has even asked at every appointment. Very few people saying no, there isn't a pressure in society. Yes, I think it's strange, but it's so common to be asked when will you be having another? Absolutely. People asked, well, when will I have the next one? I'm still in hospital with my first. Oh my God. Yes, very much so. Absolutely. My postpartum experience was very difficult, so not ready yet. Plus the childcare expensive is a strug- expense is a struggle. Yes, for sure. There's an expectation that one child would be lonely and I and think it's unfair on them. If there is, it doesn't influence my decision, so it doesn't really bother me. Uh, yes, conscious and unconscious pressure from peers. Maybe it is unconscious as well. Yes, we have a one-year-old. Yeah, I, I do think some of the questions and comments are coming from a good place. The pressure also comes from just what you see. Mm. And if you see lots of people with more than one family, you think, well, I'm in the minority, or more than one kid, I'm in a minority. So maybe mm. someone doesn't even have to say it to you, but you just feel like, hold on, we should be like them. And it's human nature to want to replicate what you see and feel more safe and secure by feeling part of the tribe and part of, you know, not being othered. Um, okay, so do you, did you want to make a comment there before I go on to the next question? Well, so on the GP thing, so I felt like that, that, you know, wh- why are we having all these contraception conversations when we're visiting our GPs? And why is there all this when you're having your second? And mainly around the contraception issue, actually. So which contraception are you going to go back on? You know, assuming that, you know, I would in any way or headspace be considering sex again. Um and actually, I learned from working on a campaign that was around contraception health, contraceptive health, is that there are vulnerable women who don't have a choice in their home about mm-hmm, when they're mm-hmm, having their baby or not. Mm-hmm. And the GP has a responsibility to open up the conversation to protect them. That's true. So that reframed, OK, that's why it's happening. So so that they do feel like they have an opportunity to say, actually, I, I, I'd like to go on something here because yeah. I don't want to become pregnant again. That's very true. Um, I asked people, what did you? how did you find the stretch going from one to more children? Um, easier to go from one to two than zero to one, but very overwhelming at times when you when they both need you, uh, mm. crying, etc. Two to three, most challenging. One was the biggest shock to the system. Number two just slotted right in. That's the overwhelming response is zero to one is much, much harder. Um, 
Dividing yourself as a mum with your first, you can never be, or can you be as fully present for them as you used to be? I guess not. Mm-mm. Juggling everything, feeling lost in the mess, in the newborn phase currently with second, and it is chaos. Being heavily pregnant in lockdown with no help and a 10-month-old. Oh Going God. from one to two stretch me mentally in every way, anxiety, stress, mental load, tiredness. And again, for a lot of these people, they're probably doing it in the context of a global pandemic, which mm. we constantly underestimate as something, oh yeah, just, you know, being at home alone. It's huge. It's not normal. It's not normal to be... The, the whole idea of having big families was because we also had big villages that would care for the older ones to allow you the space to just be in the zone with the newborn. That is gone. Yeah. As soon as your newborn is in your arms, you still have all the responsibilities that you had before. Old me is gone, organisation gone, planning pretty much gone. I'm in the day now. I had to stop and now it's one day at a time. I can only focus on one day and do what I can do. Mm. Sounds like a very solid um, perspective. Everything was a blur and a panic to think of all I needed to do. Agendas, work, plans, time. You just never have enough time. Two to three was a huge stretch, hectic Sharing your time so that number one doesn't feel left out or forgotten because of new arrival. For me, anyway, the, the who I was was easier, but you have no downtime. You have no time to yourself. Whereas when you're first, you could put the baby down for a nap and you would feel like, OK, I, I have, have my time. I now. have my time back. That is that is non-existent when you have a second child. Yeah. Ooh. Non-existent. That stuff. Um, much easier. Life already changed when I had my first. Number two, great company for number one. 100% from one, you have no idea what is going on, what is going to hit you. Number two is half neglected. <laughs> juggling, juggling. I do feel due is an accessory to Penny's life. Yeah, it's you true. do say that. Um, juggling two under two is hard, but so rewarding when they grow older. So mentally exhausting. Number two was just before COVID. So my son, so on my own a lot. Like it is always going to be hard. Yeah. No downtime in the evenings, toddler in bed. Then hello, newborn witching hours. Mm. Mm. Biggest challenge from one to two was no sleep in early days. Up with baby at night and then up with toddler. Mm. Crack it on. You don't get a bit, you don't get you don't get to go back for that little nap when they're down. How do you cope with that? Like, how do you cope with? Are you just really highly functioning now on much less sleep than your body maybe needs? Or I that it honestly wants? get about four hours a week. Like yeah. it's you. You just do it. I don't, yeah. I, I can't explain it and I'm not trying to glorify it, but it's, it's a state that I'm now just in. Yeah. And I, I operate. You do it very well. I also ask people what they would be most, most anxious about if they were adding more people to their family. Sleep, my body, my career. Uh, if newborn has a life altering disability, how that will impact on the time I can give my other kids. That's a big fear for people. Mm. Um, my anxiety, something going wrong, hyperemesis, gravidarium again, not being able to look after first. I have no help. Sleep, 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 money. The labour, mine didn't go so well. Complicated birth, pregnancy. Losing those already rare moments of relaxation when your child is happy and asleep. Mm. And they are really sweet when they come. Uh, PND, postpartum anxiety big fear around that a lot of the things that I that I have already vocalised as being a fear of mine breastfeeding a newborn with another sibling also wanting my attention how to do both if you have two or three or, or however many how did you decide you were done mm. Um, I decided yesterday two and done because my new baba is so much fussier than my first I'm so tired holding baby number two after he was born both me and my hubby said we're done in a nice way that's not mm-hmm. a like Jesus we're done we're complete we're complete two and done they came close together and it's a l- little hectic I had such awful hyperemesis I knew two was my limit and I made that decision after my first baba have two and definitely done <laughs> in brackets I think <laughs> Finan- <laughs> financial stress living situation plays a big part took mm. me three years to decide on number three I now know I'm done and I never understood that saying my second child was a terror and still is a 13 done then met my hubby who also has two kids that's a that's a crew. The Brady Bunch. My husband refuses to have any more, feels he's too old. I would love one more. That's really difficult. Mm. We'll be done at two because of finances. Three plus kids in Dublin is just not realistic for us. That's it. It that's comes down to a lot of practicalities around if finance. I, if I won the lotto tomorrow. You'd have 10. I would have 10. About to have And a, staff. Oh, that'd be nice. About Yeah, I mean, I probably would too because I feel like I could probably mentally put myself back together mm. much easier. But I also can't afford the support system to... You know, whether it's the childcare, whether it's the gym membership, whether it's the the cleaner, whether it's the like it all, all the things that you need to reinforce you so that you can give everything to these children is so expensive. And it is something if when all that is stripped away, if adding one more is going to harm you. That's 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 your decision. Something that came up an awful lot was uh, postnatal depression or postnatal anxiety decided it for us. People thought 
I want to have, you know, you grow up saying, I want to have three, I'm going to have four. You maybe replicate what you mm. had in your own family. And then when someone goes through like a really hard postpartum experience, the fear is just, I don't know if I could handle that again. And that is a fear of, of mine, really. That's probably one of the biggest ones. Um, and it's really sad that that would, if if people want more, but like part of you wants more, but you're afraid of. But there are some amazing Support. support systems out there that can help you process what happened before, whether that was a birth trauma or an emotional response thereafter. You know, so whether it was a physical or a mental illness that, you know, disrupted that really vulnerable time in your life. There are amazing services out there that can help you process and to heal whether it was that emotional or physical response and allow you the freedom to go again, safe in the knowledge that you're, it's not going to be easy, but you'll be ready to meet whatever experience you're going to have next. And hopefully us having these conversations normalises a lot of people's postpartum experiences so they don't feel like, whoa, I'm the only one who felt that. And maybe if you if you feel like you're not alone in that, you'll be more likely to know it's okay and normal and go and seek support. And like there are, there are I, I certainly would set myself up from pregnancy to be like, what am I going to put in place for me afterwards mm. to help guide me through? Um, and I know I wouldn't have anywhere near the same feeling of being hit by a bus the second time. I know that uh, because I'm so much more aware now, uh, even with just conversations like this. I also think we need to be mindful, though, of those that feel like being done is taken away from them and they don't have the choice. So whilst it's really difficult to understand if you are, it is incredibly painful when you feel like you can't, you can't have more and you're not done. And there are so many support systems out there who are also helping women to process that. Having our families grow or not grow is a massive decision, but it is an entirely personal decision. And how you started talking about this, about the world and the expectation and that you should and you shouldn't. If you're listening and you're feeling any of those things, forget them all. This is about you and your sanity and your physical health and your family and your finances and your career goals and your life. And just do what is right for you. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Stretch Marks Podcast on Instagram so you can see what we'll be discussing next and get involved with the questions and the polls or share what you'd like us to talk about next. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and do share the love for Stretch Marks. It really helps us grow this community and it means the world to us as well.